0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Wild Wasteland. As always, I'm Dean Maldonado, and with me is the uh androgynous Michael Johnson. Stop it. What what am I? Left, right, middle? Who I knows? No, know. I keep trying to compliment you and you think they're insults.
1: No, Andromeda. That means that I'm I could be
0: a boy or a girl. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. I thought it meant that you were a spiraling galaxy.
1: Oh right. That's an,
0: and andromeda. Oh, sorry, that's Andromeda fuck
1: Ah oh, man that one's the closest uh, you know how far away that is
0: uh, I'm gonna guess some radically far light years away a hundred million light years away
1: I was pretty close yeah no you, you were you hit it right uh, you hit the nail right on the hammer there it would call it would take so long for us to get there that by the time we got there we would have developed faster technology to get there.
0: That's where it is. I always forget what that distance is, where it's like that weird space-time paradox where, like, the first crew that was sent out like, won't arrive until after we've probably already made the technology to go there and back.
1: Yeah, because think about it. It would, co- it would take a hundred million years. That's fucking ridiculous. If we we're going the speed of light.
0: Yeah, and that's only if you're going to the speed of light. I mean, yeah. they can. I, I'm I'm really excited. I want to see what happens with the uh the solar sail project.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson.
0: Um, I don't know if he has anything to do with this. Smart guy. Yeah, it's called LightSail. Um it's a company that's doing this and they make like a uh it's like a full-on computer that is like the size of you know your your fucking sim card wow and they they shoot these things into space and then once it gets out into uh once it gets past the atmosphere these like arms kick out and um it unfurls a uh that, that like metallic material that, you, that they use on uh, spacecrafts a lot. That on one side is hyper reflective, and uh, the other side is this golden material. Nice. That not only um, will grab will store energy as a solar uh, battery, but it actually it's so light physically that the the physical waves of light that the sun pushes off will grab that sail and just hurdle this thing through the through the universe. Wow. And so they're just sending like a shit ton of them in like all different directions.
1: Well we'll eventually find somebody right?
0: Yeah. Somebody's gonna get a fucking paper airplane in their eye and we're gonna be feeling sorry later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like We uh, were exploring.
1: We throw a fucking uh, paper airplane at uh, Space Hitler.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, it hits him right in that tiny mustache. What in
1: the hell? Oh, these Americans go kill them. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm losing my mind.
0: I don't know. That was a really weird accent, but it would make sense. They are if anything, aliens, yeah. Well, if, if aliens were to ever, I mean, the only thing we've ever sent out to them besides that one code that was like, Hey, we're humans. Here's our DNA. Here's where we are in the solar system. You know that thing yeah, that we Voyager,
1: sent out, yeah, the golden disc.
0: Yeah, the golden disc. Past that, we sent uh, a video of uh, Hitler's speech at the Berlin Olympics. So Ooh, like awkward. Yeah. So like, whatever alien finds humans, they're gonna think that we're all Hitlers. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they they'll probably get come it.
0: down being like, "Yeah, this is the normal garb." Yeah, and everyone's like, "What the fuck? The fuck's? Why is Purple it got a swastika?" And <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Just, laughs> uh, that'd be fucking nuts. But uh, that's a reference to just an army to, uh, of
0: technicolored Hitlers. That'd be fucking terrifying. What was that
1: brand? Do you remember this? Like a year or two ago, they tried to rebrand swastika swastikas
0: soap? with. Oh Swastika Hope. What would you would you say? No, there are you talking about the you're talking about the company Swastika soap, right?
1: No, it was like a clothing brand where they put like the uh it was a rainbow over all the swastikas on their on their like logo. Huh. It'd be like on a fucking hoodie and like a shirt. And they're going to Well,
0: s- I mean, that's the thing, yo. Is it like the swastika is an incredibly old ancient symbol that means like peace and power right and so hitler took that symbol of peace and turned it on 45 degree axis and that is like the the nazi swastika yeah but like the swastika itself when it sits uh flat is a symbol for peace in like tons and tons and tons of ancient civilizations and religions yeah um so were. i could understand that, one, that but like no, it's really hard to reclaim that. They were they were using the forty five degree angle one though. Oh, what pieces of shit!
1: <laughs> they weren't doing like the uh, like the Filipino swastika or like the Japanese one, or even the old Christian one. Uh, that all the uh, that they were using before the the cross, they were using the Nazi forty five degree one.
0: Well, I loved when um. It was when cancel culture got really big. Oh, yesterday? At the very at the very at the very beginning of cancel culture, not oh, like right now. Okay. But um and people tried to go after swastika soap and they were like I think after World War II they changed their name that not their name, their slogan to like we were this before Hitler, we're not going to change for some asshole or something like that. Uh What was their slogan been during for a long Hitler? Time. What?
1: What was their slogan uh, during uh, the whole
0: um, Nazi Hitler thing? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to look into and I can't even find their company right now. Uh-oh, they've been canceled. Uh, was it they've like been, uh, they've they've been epsteined.
1: <laughs> was uh, Was their slogan during the during the uh, during the Nazi party like "We'll clean the Jew off, yeah"? <laughs> It's like uh, really good for showers. Really, really good for showers. Waterless showers. <laughs> Swastika soap. Swastika soap. We mean peace. Mm. Feels clean. <laughs> Feels
0: pure. Feels hurdy. <laughs> you know, sometimes germs give you no choice, so you just have to bring out the final solution. <laughs> Swastika soap. We'll never let you down.
1: (laughs) Those germs, man. They'll they'll find some solutions. Those
0: germs. They're really good at hiding in attics and crawl spaces and Bolivia and Ecuador and Brazil. But we'll find them. Yeah. And we'll scrub them off the face of this earth. Yeah. Get them. Whoa. Even the Nazis are like, guy, calm down. Jeez. We have all the time in the world. Even though the war is ending, we're putting all of our resources into these camps. Come on, come on, dude. We got time. What are, What are we gonna do? Don't, Stop killing people? Don't Don't even sweat it, dog. Don't even sweat. Uh, well, now that we're on that fun subject of uh, murdering all of my people, yeah, um, <laughs> that, was
1: a, that was a fun subject to be on.
0: It really was. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. I like trains. What are you autistic? No, I just like Thomas when I grew up. I was like, "Yay!" every time he came on. You know? Oh yeah, no, that was fun. But I promise, I was I was a very special boy.
1: Yeah, Thomas's friend, uh, uh, fucking Auschwitz was a uh, was a bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Over here, I'm like, shit. What was his name? Ernie, Clive, and yeah. you're like Auschwitz. I'm like, oh <laughs> god
1: damn it. Yeah. I thought
0: we were actually talking about Thomas and his friends. That was
1: a very special
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> Th- Thomas goes through Boconau. I'm like, whoa. Why do
1: why do we keep moving all these people to this place and not bringing any people back?
0: And they're like, we pay you to tug. Not ask the questions. Oh. As he's sobbing and pulling a train. Thomas oh, doesn't know. Either way. Yeah, I so, know. so let's let's get back to what we were actually talking about. Nazis. Um, yeah, Nazis. <laughs> yeah, Nazis. Now we're talking about cereal, my friend. That's why we're recording so goddamn early in the morning. Mmm, just had a bowl of Wheaties. Awesome. I uh, had a coffee from McDonald's, and uh, that was about it. But let's not talk about my diet. Let's talk about this. Um, wow. I felt I feel like that sounded like a uh, like a doctor in the '30s that was like, "Don't worry about that tumor. Here's some cocaine. Uh, like, thanks, doc." He's like, "Oh, you got a toothache? Take these mints. Only six a day."
1: I thought you sounded like a douchebag radio personality. Oh, hey,
0: that works for me. Hey, everybody. I am Kevin Kellum. Hey, what? <laughs> My girl Rachel's uh, left so. me. <laughs> <laughs> So, diving right back into our Milky Bowl cereal, we will uh, we're continuing with Kellogg's. So oh. we finished up John Harvey and his uh, Battle Creek Sanitarium and their uh, their wonderful diet and their incredible system. Did you like that, Michael? Did you like that whole thing, or like would you enact that in your life or no? What his
1: uh, diet and uh, living right and not uh, like a monster.
0: Yeah, so I mean, well, for the people who haven't listened to the previous episodes, it's, uh, so Kellogg's medical treatment, it uh, embraced all branches of medicine, including surgery, but it it emphasized fresh air, sunshine, exercise, rest, and diet. Um, He eliminated all meats, condiments, spices, alcohol, chocolate, coffee, and tea, and they uh, substituted things for what he uh, considered to be harmful foods, and that's where he created a lot of food. And what was that diet called again? Just uh, uh it was it was called uh, the system. Ah. That's what they called it. Cause uh, my so system went...
1: is the opposite of that.
0: Yeah, I've heard that your system is like eating very overly processed foods, yeah. so that they effectively become laxatives inside of you, and then like you're like, I don't have to exercise. Well, My gut is doing everything in its own biome. You know,
1: I definitely should exercise. It's it's not a solution. It's not the final solution, but um, mm. I uh, I do um have uh, awful everything every day hurts. Shits are that's uh,
0: that's really sad to hear. Yeah, thank you. Moving on. So. Uh, <laughs> God, how shitty. Anyway, um, so John Harvey was the older brother. He was born in uh, 1852, and his younger brother, Will William Keith, or W.K., uh, was born April 7th, 1860. Now, uh, the company, as you know, is Kellogg's, with an apostrophe, because it was founded by the Kellogg's brothers. Oh, wow. How many um, of them? just actually just one it was just wk and what? we'll get to that in a hot second okay. but um well because you remember when they when they moved to battle creek uh john harvey started working with um ellen white's husband as his like like helping as a printer because he was all sickly yeah seventh day adventist and mhm and his brother wk worked for his father cuz his father ran a broom factory and sold brooms and you know he uh actually loved his family
1: well who doesn't sweeping under the rug is what i always say
0: yeah, yeah. right you can't do that without a good broom uh but so so wk was he, he he had been working in the factory since he was like 7 or 8 and then he was like running around he he went all around the nation um, he didn't really go to school that much. He just went around the nation selling brooms, uh, and would come back and you know load up on some more. Go. Or- he was mostly in the Midwest, and then um, once John Harvey came back from school and started working as the uh, the medical head of what he then renamed to be the Bow Creek Sanitarium, mm-hmm. he hired his brother W.K. to work as their bookkeeper because John Harvey knew fucking jack shit about business. He knew everything about medicine and like was very excited and very interested in that. He didn't know anything about business.
1: Yeah, no, that's a common problem. That's why nursing uh, students have to take uh, two courses in accounting, I think.
0: Well, that's why um you know, like over 85% of all contractors will their businesses fail within the first calendar year because they know how to remodel a bathroom like it's you know, like they're Da Vinci, and they're making a new invention, but, like, tell them to balance a checkbook and schedule people and, like, write up all of these different, like, uh, contracts and stuff. Like, the business aspect is so alien that they just don't know how to do it, and they fail as a business. Yeah. But, um, but thankfully for John Harvey, he had WK. Uh, and as we said in the last episode, when when the Battle Creek Sanitarium burnt down in, uh... In 1902 uh, this is this is you know WK is not working there at that point he is doing his own thing but he basically just threw money at the situation to, to rebuild and like really kick-started a lot of the the rebuilding process and was the reason that it was able to be rebuilt in a year
1: yeah it was amazing what he did and then he uh, built a yeah. fire station across the uh, across the street
0: yeah and he was I mean he was a really really brilliant person business mind and so he was like fuck it i'm gonna donate all the land and so the municipality will take care of the land and also if there's a fire they really will want to make sure that that's fixed um i'm sure it was
1: great for taxes oh yeah of course yeah especially back then
0: well they were they were uh they were tax-free they were they they were not taxed because they were a not-for-profit all profit went right back into uh making more food, making new inventions. And so they they paid zero taxes. Uh, that's what you got to
1: do. Fuck the government. Dude. Yeah.
0: But so um, when the Kellogg brothers were both working at the sanitarium, that's when they started like fucking around with grain, trying to make uh, different food. Because granola was already a thing at this point. So were, uh, so were graham crackers. But cereal wasn't really big.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It was one more people thing. were
0: eating like oats, or they were eating gruel, or they were eating um porridge kind of shit. Mm-hmm. They were eating a lot of meat. They were eating a lot they were drinking a lot of like very heavy dessert wines.
1: Ugh. Like ports and sherries. Yeah.
0: Mm hmm. Disgusting. Yeah, like with like breakfast. Oh my god, dude. The the diet the diet was terrible at that time. Um and actually so because Kellogg liked to invent, like John Harvey liked to invent, he actually uh, made peanut butter in 1893. Mm. But he was not the first person to make peanut butter. The first person to make peanut butter and patent it was a Canadian. Um, but peanut butter has been used since like ancient, ancient times. And uh, I know a lot of people think that um, George Washington Carver... Invented peanut butter, but he didn't, and it can be proven by the fact that he was two years old when it was initially patented.
1: Well, we talked about this last time, like the concept of peanut butter. I know. I just, I
0: just wanted to, I just wanted to bring it back up for people. Okay, just to reiterate. Uh, but they also invented over eighty different grain and nut products. Oh wow! Now the so they um. WK is said to have actually developed the first edible cornflake product, um, where after he was working his normal hours as the business manager for their food laboratory in the sanitarium, uh, he supposedly. I mean, both both brothers bicker over who actually invented it, you know. But um, basically, in in 1895, they they created a cornflake. A single, and the like, the the story itself is actually is actually pretty interesting. They accidentally flaked when the this uh this like wheat that they were pressing, they were trying to make uh granola. Yeah, and they, they the they pressed it too hard and it turned into like a flake, and they were like, well, fuck this, and they left and they came back and it had hardened, and um you know they took a bite and it was really good.
1: Wow, that's like the and invention so they, of
0: penicillin, and uh, the yeah. potato chip. Yeah, it hmm. was just it was a it, it was a very historical whoopsie.
1: Yeah, like so many other <laughs> inventions in life.
0: But so uh, yeah, they they. Sorry, now you're good, dude. Oh, there we go. I I had a burp, like welling up. Um, good, so probably the most significant food they ever created at the sand was the flake cereal. They made, uh, the first wheat flake called granos in 1895. And then what they call the Sanitas cornflake, which is the first cornflake, uh, in 1989. Granitas. They, uh, they would fire toast it and it would be ready to eat cereal. That was already dry and crispy. It was made to be eaten without Any, like, milk or any water. It was just supposed to be put in a bowl and fucking scooped in. But then a lot of people at the time already were adding things to their cereal. So WK was like, put some milk in it for a little bit of extra nutrition.
1: Yeah, I do that with potato chips.
0: Well, he was... Well, because of that, WK was, like, a pioneer for mass marketing. And after they made that cornflake... And uh, WK started selling them. Over a hundred cereal companies were founded in Battle Creek. That's uh, a new gold mine. It's the, it's the Corn Flake Gold Mine. It's the chip, yep. crunchy. It's
1: called Cereal City. Uh oh. Cereal City, USA. Isn't that always the case? That's how, like, everything became everything. Like, Detroit became Motor City because Ford just showed up and made a car there, and then everyone's like, we need 800 other car companies going on.
0: Yeah, well, it's because they want to be close to the competition. They want to be able to see what they're doing, you know?
1: Yeah, check up what's going on, corporate espionage.
0: But the thing is that after they invented it, John Harvey went back to... You know, trying to fix people. And WK was like tinkering with the cornflake more. And so he, uh, he started using actual corn, which, like, to, to, he started flattening corn and toasting corn itself.
1: Was he a madman? Uh,
0: no, he was brilliant because it was much cheaper than using grain.
1: Oh my God. And
0: he also added, uh, he added some sugar and a little bit of malt which made it sweeter and this is where the big feud kind of happened between him and his brother uh-oh because john harvey initially you know he was he gave all the the cornflakes to his patients he w- he called them anaphrodisiacs he was said that they were supposed to be you know they're supposed to be dry and like suck the taste out of your mouth to make you less horny yeah sexual um, suppressant and so WK was like, "Well, fuck that, dude. I'm trying to sell this shit." And he was like, "Well, it's not going to be good for people if you add sugar." And WK was like, "Okay, well, uh you keep doing your health thing, and I'll keep helping you out, and uh you let me do my business thing, and fuck off." Yeah. What do you think of? So, it
1: so, fun in you, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, WK made he he made it on his own. He uh he left and created the Battle Creek Toasted Corn Flake uh, Company. Wow.
1: They should have kept the name. Nothing like Battle Creek O's or something. That would have been a way cooler name than, you know, Frosted Flakes or whatever. I guess. Battle Creek O's.
0: But actually, hold on. Let me see. I have a part from uh, John Harvey's book that I just find so fucking funny. Because he made it's it's a it's a half a chapter of him talking about the Sanitarium Health Food Company, yeah, which is what because eventually they started packing and selling the food they used so that people could take it home. Oh, and this was after they had built the new property, so they had like the amount of they had the the space and the 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 workforce to um to do this. Yeah, they have the
1: infrastructure built in, dude. Once you got a few mm-hmm. employees running around, you got some people leaning on things. If you got time to lean, you got time to clean and you got time to package up them frosted flakes.
0: Well, and this is this is what I fucking love about it is that he was cuz John Harvey was he he was so pissed cuz WK was using their last name as well. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because he signed the he he hand signed the box. That is the the Kellogg's signature is W.K.'s signature.
1: Yeah, classic uh, logo
0: creation. Just use your own signature. Mm-hmm. And uh, here, this is from the book. He goes at the present time all the foods which have originated in connection with the Battle Creek Sanitarium, and some of which have at various times been sold. ...by the Battle Creek Sanitarium Food Department, the Battle Battle Creek Sanitarium Health Food Company, the Battle Battle Creek Sanitarium Food Company, the Battle Creek Sanitarium Company Limited, and the Sanitas Nut Food Company Limited are now manufactured and sold exclusively by the Sanitas Food Company, who announced their products under the name of Battle Creek Diet System the only food company doing business in Battle Creek whose products are used or recommended by the Sanitarium Management. Uh, The Battle Creek Sanitarium has never at any time had any connection, whatever, with the manufacture of postum, grape nuts, obesity pills, or any other numerous nostrums made or sold by parties advertising from Battle Creek. The prestige of Battle Creek as a health center has made this an attractive place for operate for the operations of various charlatans and not the least pretentious and predatory of these are the numerous food uh, charlatans who posing as experts and discoverers have reaped a rich harvest from the credulity of confiding of a confiding public and to some extent at the expense of the Battle Creek sanitarium. Because the profession and public are generally unacquainted with the facts as above stated, any single one of the food products which have been developed in connection with the institution, toasted cornflakes, manu- is manufactured by a toasted cornflake company who have purchased the exclusive rights for its manufacturing. Like he goes on and on and on and on and on. yeah, because he's like he's like, so many of these fucking companies come to this city. And they use his product and his brother's product. But he considers it his. They use his product. And a lot of them used his name. There were a lot of uh, really they serial were... companies. Okay. So they're like, he, oh. Because he had is... 40 some odd. He fostered 40 some odd kids. Oh, shit. And so the, those kids would have his last name. And so there were cereal companies that would just, like, hire one of his estranged children so they could put Kellogg's on their box. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. So they just found, um, like, the the dumbest kid. They're just like, yeah, you're you're working for us now. Me? I work for you? Yeah. Now we're the Kellogg's mm-hmm. Grape
0: Nut Fruit branded. That, that's literally how it, how it went down. Um... Because cereal was super cheap and was really easy to market. I mean, it was it was so simple to make that I mean literally a child could do it.
1: Really? Could we do it? And they did. Oh. Children did Sorry, do it. Sorry,
0: I was it. I I literally wrote, this is this is the note here. It goes, uh cereal was cheap to make and easy to market, so simple to prepare, even a child could do it, and they did. Ha ha. Child labor jokes and whatnot.
1: Yeah, no, I, I got it. That was a clever
0: uh joke. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I just wanted you to know that I was <laughs> intending for a child labor joke there, and I'm pretty disappointed you didn't read my mind, but I, either way. Well, I said that. Sure. <laughs> um, A lot of these, like, 100-plus cereal companies in Battle Creek, actually, a lot of them were shell corporations. Mm where a lot of like people would like get investors from across the country and just like be in Battle Creek and like not actually make any cereal. Um there also was a huge thing where people would uh buy cereal, like they would go out and like buy Kellogg's cornflakes in bulk, bring it back to their factory, rebox it and sell it. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. This is like this is like nineteen oh six. It's like nineteen ten. Like people don't give a
1: fuck. This is really stupid, though. Why would you buy something at
0: at retail price? I mean, they they say they they say buy. Oh, most so. likely they stole it. Oh, well, that makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's this is like when was Ed Gein? Uh,
1: it was um, eighteen. Uh,
0: ninety six. No, eighteen ninety six. That's way off. No, knew- he was apprehended in the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was ni- 1906? Yeah, yeah. So they did. They definitely didn't have electricity, because there was no electricity when Ed Gein was around, killing just like a state away. Right. And that's where they were selling electricity. So. Either way,
1: I could see him. He um, he uh, he enjoyed hot dogs and cereal. He would put the fucking hot dogs in the cereal. I'm pretty
0: sure. Or no, beans. You know what? You know what? This guy made he may have made like chairs and couches and beds and everything out of human skin. Yeah. But what you just told me <laughs> Makes me so much more disgusted in him as just a thing. Yeah. Like, what kind of a deranged animal. Ugh. It's pretty gross. Ugh. It's pretty gross. How dare you do this to me? You just ruined my breakfast, sir. Ugh. It's it's terrible. Okay, either way. Probably moving dogs, moving on too. and back to the Kelloggs. Um, so... Battle Creek was known as Serial City, and it also pushed advertising into a new era because CW WK uh, CW Post, who um, made Postum cereal brand and and eventually became Post. We'll talk about him in a few episodes.
1: Oh yeah, we're Uh, gonna get to him, dude. Don't you think that we're we're not? Yeah, we're. Don't you think that we're gonna ignore Post? (laughs) Oh, we're getting. He was.
0: He was the one Post was the one who started the uh the idea that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Perfect marketing. Yeah. Well, and we'll talk a little bit in a little bit about uh the fact that uh Kellogg's was the first company to do uh prizes in the cereal box. Uh but getting them kids. When But so in 1906, W.K. opened his company and he hired 44 employees. And they made the initial batch of Kellogg's cornflakes, which I found out recently. You know how there's a rooster on cornflakes? Yeah. That rooster's name is Cornelius.
1: Because he's one of their mascots. He has corn in his name? Yeah, exactly. That's the fucking stupidest um, thing I've ever heard in my life.
0: It's ad- adorable, isn't it?
1: Why don't you, why don't you name him Corn? Well, because that would be dumb. Spelled with a K. You, you
0: know what, Michael? This is why. This is why people are like, "Does he read ever?"
1: <laughs> That's a good
0: question. So, WK during the Depression poured a ton of money into advertising because a lot of uh, of his competition was cutting costs in that in that area. Um, and honestly, WK Kellogg was just a really, really good person oh like all around yeah so so right so on february 19th 1906 he created he founded the battle creek toasted cornflake company and then in 1909 he convinced his brother john harvey to relinquish any rights to the cornflake uh and then he changed the name to the kellogg toasted cornflake company And then in 1922, they changed their name to what it is now, which is the Kellogg Company. Oh, okay. But during the Depression, because so many people were out of work, WK changed their scheduling of the entire company so that uh, instead of doing a 40-hour work week, everyone was cut to a 30-hour work week with shorter shifts so he could have an entire extra shift of people that he could employ. <clears throat> Weird. Yeah, he was just trying to figure out ways to basically not have to cut any employees, but also absorb as many people who are out of work as possible.
1: I guess that's nice. But who's buying cornflakes in an economy like this? That's a luxury item. Everyone. He was still advertising. Uh, we don't have... I don't have money for it. It's a good depression.
0: Well i mean the thirty hour work week worked so well that most of the departments kept it and kept that like staff size and that rotation um all the way through world war two and then there were select departments that kept the thirty hour work week until about like the mid eighties and then they went back to forty
1: I say we do that everywhere thirty hour work i i say i say we don't even have a mandatory hour of my, of of number of hours of work week.
0: Now, nah, could you imagine how productive people would be if we had a three-day work week?
1: Or just, like, do what needs to be done work week?
0: Exactly. But either way, w- WK did that for the work week, which was really, really nice because he was able to hire more people. If anyone is to to blame or thank for the work week, we can always thank Henry Ford. Ah, uh,
1: that nazi He loving- was the one who...
0: Dude, he had a panel of psycho. I think we've definitely talked about this before, but he had a panel of psychologists figure out that if you work people five days a week for 40 hours and give them two consecutive days off, they will work harder and they won't mentally break. And so he extended the work week by making it five days instead of six.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things there.
0: Yeah. But so, uh, let's see. For the Kellogg's company from 1969 to 1970, they used the slogan uh, Kellogg's puts more in your day. Uh, (laughs) And that was on a bunch of like morning TV shows. Uh, They bought a bunch of different companies at that point. They got uh, Salidas Food, uh, Mrs. Smith's Pies, which is like one of the most well sold uh, at home, just like pop in the oven pies, Um, Ego, and Pure Packed Foods. Oh. And it was funny because then, at the same time, the the Kellogg's was getting smacked around by the press what? because they weren't diversifying outside of food, like their competitors were, which we'll talk about. That like General Mills and Quaker Oats, they were both um, starting to buy companies outside of their realm of food.
1: What the hell's it to you, the newspapers?
0: Well, you know they like to they like to poke fun, but they and also he was they were underspending they were underspending their competition in marketing and new product development
1: yeah because they didn't have 18 um, different departments to uh
0: juggle well that and also i mean they they ran really sh- kind of shakily from the 50s until the like mid 90s cuz wk died in 51 rip yeah but um their stock Hit an all-time low in 1983. Ooh, um, and then their owner, the the owner and operator at the time, the CEO, had a brilliant idea, and he was like, "Fuck, let's turn this all around by changing how we're marketing." And they char- they started marketing directly at baby boomers.
1: Oh man, they because love the baby boomers cornflakes. had
0: grown up eating cornflakes. They had grown up eating, and like you know, at that point they had children who they had given Frosted Flakes to and, you know, uh, Sugar Smacks. And they have grandchildren who uh, love Toucan Sam and they love all these mascots. So yeah. they they did a really good flip right there. Okay, Boomer. And they also acquired uh, Crisp-X and uh, Nutri-Grain Biscuits. Then in 2001, they bought the Keebler Company for $3.87 $1 billion. Jeez. Those elves cost uh, a pretty penny. Hey, man, I mean, you had to buy the whole forest. Yeah. What do you expect?
1: Yeah. I just expect them to be a little short. <laughs> Boo. Because they're, they're elves. Boo.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. They live in it. trees and they're short. They're midgets. Uh, So <clears throat> So since then- they acquired uh, Morningstar Farms and Kashi, which are uh, two international brands. Um, Bar Naked, which is delightful, little uh, nut bars. Cheez-Its. Um, Murray, Austin Cookies and Crackers. They, bought, they own Famous Amos. Um, Garden Burger. And they became the second largest snack food company in the world behind uh PepsiCo. Yeah. Because they bought Pringles from Procter and Gamble for they did a cash deal with Procter and Gamble of 2.7 billion dollars for Pringles. Jesus. What's
1: a cash deal? Yeah.
0: What? What's cash deal? I think it's just not I think because they do it in a certain way then they like avoid a lot of taxes or something like that. Do they
1: pay them because usually when you... Physically in cash? Yeah, because usually when you uh, acquire another company, you uh, go into debt.
0: Oh, yeah, no, to, they did not go into debt for, for, for Pringles. Oh, okay.
1: And then like, it's weird because when you buy, when you spend $2 billion to acquire Pringles, you then, like, are in debt now? And then, like, Pringles has to pay off the $2 billion, of like, that department has to pay off the debt?
0: Well, that's, and that's the thing about these, about these, uh, cereal companies is that they all just expand, 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 expand. So like, well, yeah, you're right. They did have to take on that. They had to spend that 2.7 billion for Pringles. And then I'm sure they had to take on debt for Pringles, but like, they're so widespread and they have so many product lines running that like, it almost doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Once you pop the fund, yeah, don't at some, stop. At,
0: yo, at some point, hail Hydra, you know?
1: Yeah. The many tentacles. Um, but so
0: actually, one of their more recent acquisitions was um, last year in 2019, Kellogg's now officially acquired all of the cookie companies and bakeries that make Girl Scout cookies. So Kellogg's officially makes Girl Scout cookies. Get
1: the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that just um, like a scam? Uh, what? Yeah, like um, Girl, Scout what, Girl Scout cookies aren't really Girl Scout cookies. They're just fucking Keebler cookies just in a different packaging.
0: Well, now they are because they're owned by Kellogg's, which is also owns Keebler.
1: Yeah, because I re- But they,
0: they bought the actual companies that do create the Girl Scout cookies. They didn't, like, move the factories or anything. That's crazy. Not- yeah, they kind of just, like, acquire them, put them under their umbrella-
1: big umbrella. It's
0: like they have a trophy case of companies. It's ridiculous how these how these people operate.
1: Yeah, now when you go in the down the uh down the grocery store aisle, you'll notice that there's only like three companies that's selling you all this stuff. Mhm.
0: Oh yeah, saying. if you if you start looking into like PepsiCo and um yeah, PepsiCo oh, what's is the other 50% company?
1: There's Nestle that owns
0: a lot. I think it's called pop.
1: Oh yeah. Pop. Yum. Yum media. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yum. Yum owns. So they have over 50,000 restaurants in 150 countries. Yum. Right. But so Kellogg's as a company is fucking awesome. Cause they, they were founded by a really, really good guy. Um, in October 2019, they partnered with a company called with a corporation called GLAD, G-L-A-A-D, which is a uh, an LGBTQ nonprofit which works to um kind of they do a lot of marketing to reframe the narrative around LGBTQ issues so that it normalizes it instead of alienates it the way the press likes to present it, you know. Oh, really? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And then they also, in October of last year, they launched what's called the All Together Serial, which um, all of the proceeds of that go straight to Glad's anti-bullying advocacy groups. And they also donated $50,000 to each one of the anti-bullying advocacy groups when they did that. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Kellogg's invented the prize in the cereal box. In 1945, they started doing that with what was, the, what was called a pinback button, which is literally just a pin. You know, the ones that like kind of clasp in the back. Yeah, uh, yeah. It has a. They did it in Pep cereal. Pep cereal, Pep. mm Hmm.
1: Pep. P E P. Hmm. Never heard of Pep. And cereal. so,
0: originally, prizes in cereal became known as Pep pins.
1: Oh man, that's what you got to do. You got to be the first one onto the market so you can corner the the term like
0: podcasts. Right? Exactly. If only Apple had known. Yeah. But um when they when they put them out cuz it was 1945, uh the pins were different. Uh they were different US Army squadrons and they also did uh like some characters from like the Sunday comic strips from the newspaper.
1: Oh, yeah, like all the um, ones that are all retired.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or they could be like uh, Archie and get shot to death defending their gay friend.
1: Yeah. Thank you for your service.
0: Right? He really, really took a bullet for that one. But uh, Kellogg's, in my opinion, has some of the best-known mascots out of any of the people, out of any of the companies. Oh, Yeah. 'Cause they have uh Tony the Tiger. So Newt, about to say Newton the Owl, <clears throat> which not that many people know. Yeah, I was about to say but who they the have fuck Snap, is that? Crackle and Pop. Yeah. Cornelius the Rooster, Tony the Tiger, Toucan Sam. They have uh Digum the Frog, uh all the Keebler Elves, which uh the leader of the Keebler Elves, his name is Ernie. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you remember in the uh, early 2000s, <clears throat> but Applejack's cereal, they had a great advertising campaign where it was uh, Cinnamon and Bad Apple. Oh, I remember this. Here I come, I am Cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> he has since been retired.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't have a Jamaican- there was,
0: there was a lawsuit in like 2007 or something yeah. like that about it. Yeah, yeah. But Rust, um, in in, <laughs> in 2012 they gave a two hundred fifty thousand dollar grant for and for what is this is the quote from the company. Uh the grant is for <clears throat> a three part youth based project on issues of white privilege and institutional racism. Cool. And that was back in twenty twelve. Well, in twenty fourteen. The, C- the CEO of Kellogg's called Obama to uh, support the Paris Agreement. And then when Trump got elected, uh, like a few days after he got elected, the-, the CEO of Kellogg's called him to personally urge him to support the Paris Agreement, the Paris Accords. Yeah. Um, and uh, when he didn't do that, they pulled all their advertising from Breitbart. Which Breitbart then was like, "Hey, all Breitbartians, we need you to boycott Kellogg's." And it's like, "Okay,
1: yep, just like,
0: sorry, sorry, thirty-five people are gonna stop buying fucking Frosted Flakes."
1: Yeah, no, that's how crony capitalism
0: works. But so, one of my uh, one of my favorite things that WK ever did. <clears throat> is he, he made a foundation. Now, a lot of ultra, ultra, ultra wealthy people make foundations in their own name, like we talked about with the Trump episodes. Oh,
1: yeah. And even, they use
0: that to to, to channel money. you yeah, know.
1: good way to launder money. And also to just pretend like you're wealthy, like the Trumps do.
0: Exactly. But so WK, <clears throat> it, it, it eventually became called the WK Foundation, but he founded in... 1930, he found fa- he made his foundation uh, because he was he was so sad by seeing all of the people um in the depression, mm-hmm. and so he was quoted in the newspaper saying, "I," he said, "I'll invest in people," and so he uh, he created the W.K. Kellogg Child Welfare Foundation, and he started it off with an initial donation in 1934. Of a little bit over sixty-six million dollars. Wow, that's like eight point ten billion dollars today. Uh, no, it's actually nine hundred ninety-six million dollars. Jesus, it's four Christ. million shy of a billion. Uh, and what's even better is that he donated all that in Kellogg's stock, Uh-oh. so it has increased since then. So it's worth well over a few billion. Wow. Yeah. Who's going to get it? So, right. So, he donated um, a little over $66 million in Kellogg's stock. And now it's worth $4 billion. Basically. I mean, as of, uh, as of 2000, I want to say 16, they are the, the WK Kellogg Foundation is the seventh largest philanthropic foundation in the U.S. Wow. Um, in 2005, in that fiscal year of 2005, they funded over 243 million dollars in grants and programs.
1: Oh, good for them, good for everybody that they helped. What did he, what did he originally uh, call it, the uh, the foundation? Sorry? You said they didn't want to name it after himself. So what did he what did he originally call it?
0: No, he put his own name in there, but it was the W.K. Kellogg Child Welfare Foundation. Oh, uh, okay. Because uh, what he really wanted to do, and he ended up setting up the contracts, and it it ended up happening after he was dead because of uh, uh, political differences in the area. Um, He was working with the Pan Pan American Health Organization. And in 1996, they were finally able to to supply them with a multi a multi-year grant of just over a million dollars because what they did is they started a mass salt fluoridation program in South America to give, uh, different villages and different people, actual clean, uh, fluoridated drinking water. Because we do know, I mean, we saw this, we saw what happened with that Canadian town. Like having fluoride in your water does help children, immensely you know yeah and so it helped get over 350 million people across Bolivia Dominican Republic Honduras Nicaragua Panama and Venezuela it got them clean drinking water
1: that's awesome that's even better
0: yeah he also uh was one of the f- he also founded uh Cal Poly Pomona and uh he he was one of the founding he was like he, he threw a shit ton of money at this, but he was one of the founding people who made Michigan State University. Uh, and then he also created a college named after himself, the Kellogg College, in Oxford. What um what can you learn at the Kellogg College? So at Oxford there's a bunch of different types of colleges that they have. Yeah. Um and The Kellogg College is a post grad program, like a post grad college, where you've already gotten your degree. Like, you, a lot of people who go there and like work there, because it it is like a kind of a communal space for people as well. A lot of them have their masters or their PhDs or their things of that nature. And uh, a lot of what it's working on is philanthropic donation and uh, sustainable business practices.
1: Ethical business practices?
0: Yes. Uh, but uh, the philanthropy was reviewed by this phil- philanthropic expert, the guy I was telling you about earlier, Waldmar Nielsen. Uh-oh. And he was quoted saying, it is substantially better than it is generally seen to be.
1: I guess that sounds like a pretty good review if you're trying to become a ethical business.
0: Well, I mean, no, for, for his... He was reviewing the, the foundation. He was reviewing how philanthropic the foundation is, and he said that it is literally more philanthropic and better than the general public believes. Like, wow. they do more shit behind the scenes that they don't even care that people see, which is very unheard of for charity.
1: Or anything. Yeah. Like, usually... Uh, but I know you're wondering. You know me. Sorry? I'm wondering...
0: No, no. You said they usually what?
1: Usually, you gotta like make an Instagram post about it. Gotta like get the angle right. And like Kellogg just That's be like, "That's true."
0: I mean, how can you how can you take a break from social media without telling everyone you're gonna take a break? I
1: need to take a break. Don't message me. Don't ask me how my day. I'll be went. back
0: in ninety-six hours. Don't the talk to started. me.
1: I need to take Instagram um, posts and talk about how good I'm helping these kids. Drink water, dude. They're loving their water. All selfies. Yeah, with my big butt showing.
0: But <laughs> so I know you were wondering. You know, what what happened to good old WK?
1: What happened to good old WK?
0: Thanks for asking. I'm glad you did. He uh he moved to California in nineteen twenty five, where he bought three hundred and seventy seven acres in Pomona and wow. established an arabian horse ranch for breeding and for like training uh not show horses but more race horses
1: yeah pragmatic
0: and and then eventually uh because it was so well known for being a great spot to have your horses taken care of uh, a lot of celebrities who lived in hollywood who owned horses had their horses taken care of by him um, and the, 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 the ranch kept growing and growing, but he got bored of it when he was, I mean, he was in his seventies. He's about to be in his seventies at this point. Um, and so WK donated his ranch, which was 750 acres. Mm-hmm. He donated all of that to the university of California, which they built Cal Poly Pomona, the entire school, they built that on his land that he
1: donated. This family's just all about doing, it seems, upstanding stuff.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, eventually, when he got old, he wanted to be back with family, so he moved back to Battle Creek, and he was living out of the uh, the sanitarium. Uh, And he died on October 6th, 1951. Of heart failure at age 91. Wow, and penniless and broke, living on uh, his son's couch. No, he actually outlived all but two of his children.
1: Damn. (laughs) (laughs) What did they do? Any did they do
0: anything with their lives? Oh, well, no, Uh, they went on to do. I, I have it right here. Uh it says um he outlived most of his children but was survived by two who went on to do nothing with their <laughs> lives. Uh
1: someone they're going th- everyone listening is going to think that that's scripted. They don't know that yeah, I, I literally I read not. nothing.
0: So uh a, a la- the last few fun facts about Kellogg's is uh that let's see they made They started selling cornflakes in Canada in 1914. In 1915, they made bran flakes that they call All Bran. And then in the 40s, they made Raisin Bran. Mm. Kellogg Company was honored in 1969 by uh, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins, all they all had a uh, kellogg cereal provided to them for uh, the apollo 11 mission in they ate
1: kellogg cereal in space
0: yeah on the moon what the fuck
1: that's like i wonder how that was it was in the 97 uh, right?
0: it was probably really uh honestly it's probably really good compared to all that food paste they eat well no it has to be
1: in a food paste so I imagine it's like mushed up cereal with like a drop or two of milk in in it, like toothpaste.
0: Yeah, because they can't have any flakes yeah, that would go into the air could, the air systems. <laughs> <Can> you... <laughs>
1: All right, yo, that's
0: that's how that's what happened to the Challenger.
1: Yeah, no, that's what happened to a lot of everything in Russia. It was, a, Russia.
0: That's what it was a, it was a um, little little shred of uh, graphite from a pencil.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh. Didn't you hear that classic joke? It's like American oh, astronauts. You spent twenty five billion dollars to develop upside down pen. In Russia, we just use pencil. Uh ah uh, ah. Uh. And it's like, yeah, that's why. And half you're like, your yeah, it's because your people up.
0: are expendable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like, so sorry to tell you, but like, we lost one teacher and we're still scarred. No, yeah. never again. You guys sent a dog into space and said bye bye. Now they had a lot of fucked up.
1: That's maybe that's something that you want to look into. They're like yeah, well, space we can rice. talk about
0: that. All the animals that the Russians just shot into space.
1: No, I'm talking about the people. They sent out like five people that they never acknowledged, and like the only.
0: All right, all right. We'll stop stop leading our our our, our people on, and we'll talk about it later. But let's wrap this up real quick. Um, in 1997, they created Kellogg's created uh, the WK Institute for Food and Nutrition Research. Where food scientists, uh, you know, they they try and keep the good taste, but also create a um, healthier option. Um, and then to celebrate their hundred year anniversary, they created uh, special K bars in two thousand six. Yeah, and uh, let's, and then after in two thousand nine and ten, they uh, they did a study of Americans and found that. The U.S., like, the general public is, like, does not get, like, nearly enough fiber. And so now they've changed it so all of their cereals uh, have at least three grams of, uh, of a good source of fiber and at least eight grams of whole grain. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. And they're in 180 countries. Wow. That's pretty much all of them. Yeah. But that is is the Kellogg's brand. I guess the only thing I didn't really mention is that during uh, World War II, a few of their factories were making um, machine gun sights for the Army. They worked with the Army primarily uh, during the war effort. But that's about it. That'd be a little a great family, a really good company, and uh, thank God the batshit brother wasn't the one with sixty six million dollars in nineteen thirty, right? Can you imagine? I know we would actually have like cures for cancer. I, uh, I don't know. He would have just he he would have just run through patients until he had that cure. <laughs> I
1: think if he had a bunch of money, he would have just become like a. Doctor Mangala.
0: Yeah, it probably would have been bad. It'd just been like, well but the
1: obviously the solution is to uh I need more Jews.
0: Yeah, he would be like he would be like the like the fucking Hellfire Club out in uh out in Edinburgh. Yeah. Where um they used to because all the homeless people slept in these like uh these old vaults that are underground. hmm The people from the Hellfire Club would not only they, they used to just they used to they started by just taking them to uh, do satanic rituals with those like steal a homeless person and just, like slaughter them. Well, who hasn't done that? Um, but then they figured out they could make money, and they started just like suffocating homeless people in their sleep, and then like selling their bodies to the local uh, medical schools as cadavers.
1: Yeah, well that was a good uh, that was a good way to make money back then.
0: I know. It's like it's like it's like stealing cereal and reboxing it.
1: It Super pretty much easy. is, yeah. Now there's cameras but and cell phones. You can't even steal a box of cereal or
0: kill a homeless man. <sighs> I mean, you can do both. You just can't really like expect to get away with it, yeah, you know? It's
1: not as much fun anymore. You can hope.
0: I guess you're right. But we will uh, be continuing our cereal into cereal next week with post, following it up with Quaker Oats and then ending with General Mills. So we are on the uh, we're coming up to the tail end of this of this cereal. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying it so far. Uh, please send out anything you want us to do. Hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram. Give me a call. Send me a booty pic via mail. I don't care, dog. I just want more friends. Yeah, what is our Instagram, by the way? It's at wild Podcast. All of our uh, social media is at wildpodcast. Um, except for our email. So don't try and email us. Just send me a fucking DM, Okay. <laughs> I would love to hear from you. We always will uh entertain new concepts. We have a few of our listeners have thrown out some pretty good ones. That we'll be tackling coming up. And uh as always, you know, stay vigilant, stay wild. It's a fucking crazy world out there, people. Yeah. All right, I love you. Go fuck yourself. Bye. Mm. Oh.